Well, we got a little more drama in Berea, don't we? Miles Garrett sat down for the first series uh, of the game against the Saints. We'll dig into that, see if we can give you set a little light on it, on that. That's going to be a big story moving forward. Also, we'll put a bow on the Saints game. Our thoughts on the on New Orleans Saints game. Uh, what went wrong, the good, the bad, the ugly in that game. And then we'll finish up with the last couple of games against the Washington Commanders and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Are those games important? What are you looking for? Is it important for the future of the coaching staff? And is it time to sit some of the players, some of the guys that may be on the borderline of being injured? We'll dig into all of these things and more on this episode of the Locked on Browns podcast. You are locked on Browns. Your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound LGB on the LOB, the Locked On Browns podcast, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd, from the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, from the Barbershop 92.3, the fan, Mr. Garrett Bush, at G Bush 91 We appreciate all of you who make Locked On Browns your first listen every day, whether it's on your favorite podcast platform, of course, here on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe with the notifications on, throw some likes on those episodes for us. And if you got Roku, go ahead, search Locked On Cleveland Sports. You will find Garrett Bush and myself. You will find the Locked On Guardians podcast, Locked On Cavaliers podcast, and of course, the crew over at the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Uh, things to get you today. Obviously, we'll open up here with, you know, which seems like it was probably, you know, a small, tiny little flame that some people are now turning into a towering forest fire. You'll get some of our thoughts here in segment two, uh, the final Saints thoughts. And, you know, what we're realistically looking at here over the last two weeks in the third segment from your Cleveland Browns, now that elimination has set in about, what, 4 o'clock Christmas Eve. Another Cleveland Browns season comes to an end too soon. Uh, the Miles Garrett situation. Um, and it wasn't really a big talk, G, Saturday. This is something that started to develop after the game. My first initial thoughts were, well, Miles Garrett didn't play the first defensive series. I don't care. The Saints didn't score. I'm not exactly sure what, you know, what exactly the issue is here. Um, but, you know, for Miles, obviously, the team felt there was a violation of a rule somehow, some way. And look, Miles Garrett's no dummy. Miles Garrett Miles Garrett knows what the rules are. Um, and Miles Garrett is a frustrated, frustrated individual. And on the defensive side of the ball with that unit's performance, Certainly with the coaching, and if anybody remembers, this was an issue a year ago against the New England game, which started the entire fracture of the Baker-Mayfield relationship when Coach Devansky opted first to, you know, postpone his weekly meeting with Baker post-game and sit down with Miles Garrett and find out exactly what the issue was um, with Miles Garrett. And if you know if Miles Garrett is speaking, he is most likely speaking for the whole, the the totality of the defense as a whole. Um, and issues with Joe Woods were present in 2021. That got turned around. Issues were present with Joe Woods here in 2022. I'm not going to say that got turned around. I don't think so. Um, there's been weeks where they look good, but no consistency out of the defense. But you have a frustrated star. And, you know, with Miles Garrett here, uh, you know, now he'll be going into his seventh season with the Cleveland Browns. One taste of playoff action, obviously a win, and then a loss in Kansas City in a game that was tight. 
But this is a guy, G, who feels he's doing everything he can and everything he has asked for. I'm sure in some part of his heart, he has you know frustrations you know, with the other 52 members on the roster. I'm sure he's greatly, greatly frustrated with the defensive coaching staff, and rightfully so. Look, you know, injuries happen. Every team goes through it, but teams find a way to. Um, but Miles Garrett, it, it's it, it's a little snowball that started going down the hill, G. And by the time it hit the highway, it was a big old wrecking ball. Yeah, I think um, frustration is a huge thing, man. And and you know, um, I, I can empathize to a certain extent. Um, the player's plight. You know, Miles Garrett, all he does is consistently go out and get you about fifteen sacks a year. He's your all-time leading sack leader. Um, rain, sleet, or snow, he usually is productive. Um, you know, he's he's put up, you know, 13 and a half sacks this year. Um, got in a car accident, you know, continued to play through those games, play through a shoulder injury. So when you talk about a player in, in his history and your career, we talk to Joe Thomas all the time. We've had on him a couple times on this show. And Joe was the costume and professional. Joe was a guy who never, ever said anything bad about his quarterbacks, even though we know, you know, a large group of those quarterbacks he played with were jokes, guys that he knew he couldn't win with. And there's a point in time where Joe, you know, played so many games, the Ironman record, and, and he's playing those games knowing that you have no chance of making the playoffs. And so when you look back and we asked Joe Thomas, would you rather have the, the gold jacket or would you have the Super Bowl ring? And he pauses so tough is because, he really, like any other great athlete, all they want is the opportunity to win. And right now, the Cleveland Browns have pretty much buried and burned another year. And uh, we're yet, yet again at the offseason uh, wondering, you know, is the coach the right person? Is the GM the right person? You know, are we running the right playbook? You know, it's always a next year type thing. And when you get to a guy who's in his seventh year and he's one of the best guys in the league at his position, he's a dominant player, number one overall pick. When you're not performing up, they're going to have people are going to have a, 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 an attitude about that. And that's just the reality of it. You know, like, you know, the expectations are something that are that are there. And the same way that, you know, Baker Mayfield as a number one over pick had expectations. Miles Garrett has expectations. The coaching staff has expectations and you have to either be able to meet those or, and I would rather, if you want to go to the Super Bowl, you got to, you got to go over above and beyond the expectations. And right now they're not a defensive, they're not a Super Bowl quality defense in terms of their personnel, in terms of their coaching staff, according to, and, 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 and according to their scheme that they're running day in and day out. So, you know, this is a small thing, but I've always told people the longer and longer you lose under a sustained period of time, it's going to chip away at your credibility. It's going to chip away at, at, at your your cachet, and it's going to chip away out of the trust that the players have that you are leading them in the right direction. And I think this is just a small look inside into a player that's just saying, you know what, it's almost like an acting out. Hey, man, like, you know, you can't fire the coach yourself as a player, but you sure can make it be disruptive. There's a lot of people who have done that before as well. It, look, frustration gets to this point. And I know for Miles, it, it, it probably stems from early in the season when Jacoby Brissett and this offense did enough to get this team some victories that ultimately did not come the way for the Cleveland Browns. And 
as you're here later in the year, and certainly, you know, Saturday's effort, 17-10, you're up 10 nothing, and we're going to pick that apart here because I do have some things I want to get to about that. Um, but for Miles, you, know, you get to a certain point in your career, and if you're a guy like Miles, you're probably realizing you're closer to the end of your career now than you are the beginning. And, you know, it, it, it means the world to him to be able to say that even, you know, the opportunity for to put a Lombardi in that building. He knows what that means for a player like him. You know, obviously got firsthand experience his first year, getting to know Joe Thomas, understanding the plight of an absolute superstar player on a team that basically never went anywhere. And, it, you know, for Miles, yeah, one playoff game with a win, you know, lose the next week. That was great. But, you know, that's not – he doesn't want that to be it. And, you know, he wants to make sure that everybody in that building is on that page with him. And, you know, whatever it takes to get it done. Are there issues there between he and the coaching staff? Yeah. Are there issues that would easily, easily disappear if this is a winning football team? 100%. There's no doubt. But, you know, you get that C on your chest for a reason. You're the superstar of the team for a reason. Sometimes you essentially got to be the bad guy or the guy that looks like a jerk. But you're doing it for the greater good of your teammates. And you know, this is the situation the Browns are in. Obviously, Saturday and and knowing that the finality of the season came from that loss, it, it you know certainly stung. And you know Miles is an aggravated guy right now, and understandably so. This is a guy who you know, look, there's a lot of guys will take a hundred million dollars of your money, and you're going to get nothing out of them. You're going to give it the laziest effort possible. But you know, Miles Garrett, the money ain't one thing. It's about winning, and he truly thinks that this team is capable of, if it's handled correctly, to do just that. So I mean, that's it's where we're at. You know, I would say this isn't something we're so concerned about. Miles Garrett as a Cleveland Brown forever right now. But, uh, you know, this team, you know, as we've said many times about 2023, it don't start off on a good note. It's, you know, you think this year was ugly. You think last year was ugly. 2023, it will be the absolute Medusa, <laughs> to say to speak. We're going to get to the second se second segment here. Jeff Lloyd, G. Bush, your latest Locked on Browns. Prize picks. Uh, look, obviously, we were spoiled. We had NFL football Saturday, Sunday, Monday. You could put together lineups all day long, each and every day. Games galore. How does it work? You put together two to five players, and if they go score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can earn, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. You're not competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Prize picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. It includes the NFL, the NBA, the MLB, NHL, uh, men's and women's collegiate basketball. Hell, you can even go MMA if you want. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy. Safe and fast withdrawals, currently operational in over 30 states in Canada. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. You deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter a promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100. Welcome back to the Locked on Brown podcast. Uh, G. Bush in the building, Jeff Lloyd in the building. Make sure you guys continue to support us and make the Locked on podcast your first listen of each and every day. You can download it wherever you get your podcast. You also can uh, subscribe on YouTube. And you can subscribe and hit the notification bell so you never miss a, a show 
a blog or any of our videos that go up on our content on our YouTube page. Um, Jeff, we talked about uh, definitely getting into the Miles Garrett situation. There's a little bit of something brewing with that. We'll monitor that, um, you know, throughout the rest of this offseason. And it's going to be probably one of the bigger topics um, because we just don't know what that relationship is going to be moving forward. Um, but one thing we can talk about is what happened uh, against the New Orleans Saints. And to me, this was one of the first games that in a long time I, I, I had to turn the TV off. I couldn't do it no more. I couldn't do it. Um, and, and I'm doing the, we do post game shows. We got to analyze and break this stuff down. I just couldn't do it because, you know, for me, it, it, this game comes down to a certain few things, right? Um, there were some, some open passes that we dropped. DPJ dropped the ball. Amari Cooper lost his footing in the back of the end zone, dropped the ball on the last drive of the game. Um, on third down, David and Joku drops a ball that was put on him right, right where only David and Joku could get the ball. And, you know, all those things happen. And, and instead of the Browns going out and finding a way to win, it just seemed like, once again, that they found a way to lose. Also, we, we definitely have to get into the fact that when you watch the Cleveland Browns and you watch other teams and the way they attack them, these other teams don't even have, like, upper echelon top playmakers. You know, you look at the Saints receivers. You, you, you know, no Michael Thomas, no Chris Olave, no Jarvis Landry. But yet and still, the only people you had to stop was Taysom Hill, who's a gadget player at best, and Alvin Kamara. They took turns running a wildcat on you guys all the way up and down the field. And, and, and you're not supposed to be able to wear, wear, run wildcat on nobody in the NFL no more. What is this, 2007? No one does that. <laughs> no one does that. And it's just, and once again, it goes through the adjustment pieces. Why, why would you let them get comfortable in that running around when you know how to stop that? You know, put your guys on cover too and make sure that these guys are your corners are going to be your force players and there's nothing you can do with that. You set the edge with your corners. Now your linebackers, defensive end, defensive line can float out of the line of scrimmage and make the play. If I know that, I talked to Tyvis Powell. He knows that. Why doesn't Joe Woods know it? It's almost as if he just... He trots his people out there and says, all right, go play. And there's no rhyme reason. There's nothing behind it. You don't know what the scheme is. There's no adjustments. It's just one of those things where it's just infuriating to see the Browns continuously lose to, to lower caliber athletes, low caliber players, because A, they're not being put in this position to make plays, and B, there's no fire when you look at these guys playing on the field. There's not. I agree with you. And now I'm going to get into, you know, some of my thoughts from Saturday. And you know, look, everybody's at fault when you put together an effort like that. Look, every, the Browns had every conceivable advantage in that game whatsoever. Deshaun Watson, look, the three drops. Look, it's cold. The ball's hard. It's wobbly. I don't care. Catch it. Don't lose your footing in the end zone. David Njoku's got to catch that ball. And, and to his credit, he said as much. Donovan Peoples-Jones, yeah, it was a little bit of a circus catch. But you know what, Donovan Peoples-Jones? You're not a feel-good story anymore. You're not a field goal store anymore. You're a significant player on this offense. You need to make plays of that caliber. There's no way around it. Now, throwing the ball 31 times. Everybody, they abandoned the run. They abandoned the run. They The run wasn't that great. They ran for three and a half yards of carry, and the problem was the running game was boomer bust. Yeah. Reggie Ragland, nice job. You know, obviously this guy's going to play a lot of reps too. here. He's got a bunch of reps over the next couple of weeks. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe he could be in tension 
you know, for uh, you know the the veteran middle linebacker role next year. We'll see. You make plays, they'll find a way to use you. And the other thing is, we know the linebacker. You know, the Browns love their linebackers cheap. So Reggie Ragland ain't gonna cost you the money. So you definitely get him on the cheap. <laughs> they like to buy one get one free type guys. Oh yeah, they are big, Bogo. big, big on the Bogo baby. Big, big, big on the Bogo. But that's a game where. You let it get away from you, and you didn't basically take it back. And look, I want to hear not enough running. I, I, I don't. It, it just wasn't that successful, and everybody wants to get so enamored with the Nick Chubb 20 carries. He has 24. So, you know, and then the other thing is, is, you know, if you're this close to being eliminated, so what were you going to do? Give Nick Chubb, even if the Browns won, and so Nick Chubb had to get 30-plus carries in that game. What, are you going to go 30-plus this week against Washington? Then you're going to go 30-plus Week 18 against and, Pittsburgh. What do you yeah. think he would have given you if you got to the playoffs? That would have been toast. Yeah, would have been absolutely was, toast. Man, he, he that Pittsburgh game, he wants the ball too. He he wants to rock. Like they he wants the ball. They, you know, he he I think Nick Chubb would want the ball 50 times a game, but he'll never say it. He'll never outwardly say, Yeah, you know what? You know how many yards I have if they actually gave me the ball like some of these other running backs? I have crazy yards. So he he'd never tell you that, but that's a really good analogy. And, well, it wouldn't be remiss. Happy birthday, Nick Chubb, obviously, today. Uh, Nick Chubb's birthday. Um, but, look, there's a lot you can take away from that, and a lot of it was bad. And, you know, look, we know what's going on. Coach Stefanski's staying. I'm not sure if anybody on the defensive side of the ball, coaching-wise, is going to be here. It is it, it is going to be a tomahawk job. That, that unit, you've had three years. They've, you know, year one. You gave more than you could year two. Yeah, it was great that you were a great defense for the second half of the season. And year three, it's been literally a yo-yo type season from this defense. And when something like that happens, and after three years, and, you know, Coach Steph going to be forced to make some changes. You know, there's going to be some suitcases lined up. Some uh, First head coach, some head, of the, first year head coach in, um, in Denver already got let go. Yep. Honestly, they probably waited too long on Nathaniel Hackett. <laughs> but, right. you know, there's a lot of changes people coming. Said, <laughs> people said the same thing about Matt Rule. To be scary, Matt Rule came in the same coaching class as, uh, as Kevin Stefanski. He's been gone. So that yep. just goes to show you bigger cities have a bigger stomach for pulling the trigger on moves when they think they, they ain't got it. They got to go immediately. Look, look at Matt yeah. Stafford leaving Detroit doing something. It's just, you know, sometimes it's all about where you're at, what matchup you got. No question. And, you know, this is going to be a big, big talking point for us here over, you know, the final two weeks. And then, you know, the month or so afterwards is the Browns are going to be uh, a lot of, a lot of changes, a lot of changes. And we'll have it all here for you on Lockdown Browns, Jeff Floyd, G. Bush. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home. Okay. It's not a big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. If you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's life forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Welcome back to the Locked On Browns podcast. Two more weeks in the season to go. 
What are we looking forward to, boys and girls? Uh, we got the Washington Commanders coming up. We also have the vaunted Pittsburgh Steelers coming up as well. Uh, so, you know, to this point, this season has been a, a disappointment under a lot of people's, um, you know, by any way, way, shape, or form you want to cut it. You know, even if we knew uh, Lamar Jackson, that's still Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson was going to be out the majority of the year. They still got good quarterback play from, um, you know, Jacoby Brissett. They still got good running back play from Kareem Hunt or, and, and Nick Chubb. They still got good solid play from DPJ as well as Amari Cooper. So if you got all of those pieces and the parts that you say are consistent and you would have just said, and, and what they're doing as a front office, that you just signed Conklin to a long-term deal, you signed Njoku to a long-term deal. What I'm sitting here thinking about is, if you're going to tell me it's not the coaching and it's the players, well, if it's the players, you might want to reevaluate which players are really good. Which players are really giving you top notch? Which players are going beyond and, and beyond and above, uh, above to do certain things, right? So, you know, the, the crazy thing about you know Kevin Stefanski and and what and and, 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 and what he has to get, get through is to say, all right, this season counts for something because I'm gonna tell you what these last two games to be truthful. The last two games could be very detrimental to people's playing career, especially assistant coaches, because the last thing you want to do is you want to go into the season finale playing uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers and you lose that game because now it's going to be recency bias in there. And it's like, here we go again, the same old Browns, and then they're going to put twofold the, the pressure on you for you to turn this thing around starting off next year, four to six games. So that's what we're looking at. That's where we're at with the situation. And, and, and the Browns are, yeah, they could rest some people. Yeah, they could do certain things like that. But guess what? In the long run, what's going to help you more? Guys out there getting acclimated and playing real game snaps or guys throwing in T-shirts and shorts. Because if you don't give them the extension and you don't give them guys around that he can work with, guess what? What is it? What is it all for this was what we came for, right? We came to get him busy. We came to get better at quarterback. And that stuff doesn't necessarily translate after three or four games onto the next season. What you're going to here in the next two weeks, and look, and for the Browns, it's probably really, really good that these games are on the road, let's be honest. Um, because however this works at home, it, it wouldn't be pleasant. If the Browns, Browns go out and play really, really well over the next two weeks, People are going to be frustrated because it's going to be, well, where's that type of play been all season? The Browns don't play well. Same old thing. As G said, same old Browns. Sorry, as Browns, this team, that, 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 that. This team, these next two weeks, they're critical for Deshaun Watson. Weather for Washington is going to be drastically different than it was his past game at home against New Orleans. There might be weather involved, but you're talking about a game that's temperature-wise, probably going to be north of 45, maybe even 50 degrees. So you could go out there. And this is also, I didn't get to this and I meant to. I don't have a problem with Deshaun Watson throwing the ball 31 times. Granted, as cold as it was Saturday, it's not the norm. Yeah. But he's going to play in cold weather, not like on Saturday. But you want to know what? And if he is Deshaun Watson, and you saw all these games played in terrible, terrible weather this past weekend. It wasn't stopping Josh Allen. It wasn't stopping Joe Burrow. So, you know, if he's your guy, yeah, it's cold. But he's my guy, and this is what he does well. We're going to throw the football. So – 
me, I want to throw the ball hopefully 70 times over these next two weeks. Deshaun Watson needs every possible rep he can get. You got to get keep, keep you know the relationship with keep, Cooper and, keep going because Cooper's and, been eliminated a little bit here. But go ahead. And Jeff, the thought process that you would not redshirt or bring <laughs> like the, the the thought process that you gonna just put him on ice. You can't put that man on ice. He's we are here for the the fact that yo we want to see you perform. We want to see you under pressure. We want to see what you do. It's unacceptable. To, to say we, we've pretty much sacrificed the whole season just to get to these six games, and then all of a sudden you throw a red shirt on him because you're scared that he might get hurt. No, you got to play, dog. What are we going to do, play Kellen Mond, for God's sakes? Or you go back to Jacoby Brissett so we can really, really mess with people's heads? It's the Deshaun Watson show for the next two weeks. Uh, you know, for Washington, yeah, possibility to play spoiler down there for the against the Commanders. Pittsburgh, now, no, but, you know, do you want a third-place finish? you want a fourth-place finish? That's what it's going to come down to. You got to go out there. You got to give everything you can. You know, maybe you're not giving the ball to Nick as much. You know, it, it, you, I can understand that. But in that same point, you've never gone to De'Aaronis this year. Kareem, the juice, is it's just not there, man. You know, whatever, you know, Kareem Hunt was never the fastest player, was never a guy that you just thought about overall quickness. And, you know, if I saw one thing from Kareem Hunt this year, it seems like maybe a little bit of that is gone. Does he get it next year wherever he's playing? It's possible. We've been screaming to get Jerome Ford some reps because I'll tell you what, Jerome Ford, week in, week out, looks like a very competent kick returner. So I'd yeah. like to see that maybe translate. And you, the fact that Dearness Johnson is most likely walking out the door, Kareem Hunt's most likely walking out the door. I'd like to have a confidence level to know whether or not Jerome Ford is ready to be running back number two. I think everybody needs to kind of know that question going into it. Defensive side of the ball, let's just keep working these young guys in. Alex Wright, Isaiah Thomas, certainly need all the work they can. Martin Emerson, can you continue at what has been, a, you know, if this team was better, a lot of people would be talking more about the play of Martin Emerson. You know, Grant Elpit, you know, a lot of this year has been pretty positive for Grant Elpit. The safety position as a whole doesn't get spoke of very well. Grant Elpit, been a pretty damn good player for this team this year. You need to go out the next two weeks and you need to put out the best product you possibly can. You are trying to sell this team to potential free agents. You are now trying to sell this team to new potential defensive coaches. You know, there are, you know, you are literally showing this team off to a potential defensive coordinator. You know, whether it's, you know, Jim Leonard out of Wisconsin, that was a name that was mentioned. You know, maybe does he come back to the NFL, take over a D coordinator job? You know, he probably could have an in here and learn anything about the Cleveland Browns if he wanted to. Place a call to a yep. former college teammate, Joe Thomas. Uh, something interesting, younger guy, like fiery that. guy, very, very excitable guy. I'm with it. But, uh, you know, they need to, you, you can't quit here. You just can't. You need to go out there. You need to, Get the best possible effort you can, understanding that these games obviously don't mean anything. But you got to go out there and fight, you, fight for yourselves. You got to go out there, you know, and fight and show, you know, that you're not going to rip this thing apart as much as some people would like. You understand there are pieces that are drastically needed for this team. There are position groups that this front office has basically, I'm not going to say ignored, but didn't handle. With a lot of these positional groups, the offensive line, the Browns shut the door on any questions. There will never be nope. a question about the defensive line. That has not been the case with the defensive tackle room. That's something's going to have to be done. The linebacker room, yeah, injuries, a lot of that is factored in. They got to figure out the solution there. They absolutely have to put together a concrete answer there because if they cannot stop running the ball uh, and this continues to be an issue, you have zero control over the game. You have zero control over the clock. And this just is something that cannot continue here, Jake. 
I'm open for when you look at this. I'm open for the the, the Browns go out here and say, look, it's a wake up call. We're not where we want to be. We're not where where we are physically. We're not where we want to be as a playbook. We're not where we want to be in the running game, marrying it to the passing game. All of those things are important. And first and foremost, Jeff, how many years have we looked down in the basement and looked up at the Pittsburgh Steelers? There was no way, and you know what, the Pittsburgh Steelers were supposed to be this close to the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns are not supposed to be in the, in the cellar, no matter how many games Deshaun Watson missed, because Jacoby Brissett gave you enough. You still got guys on this team that are perennial pole pro bowlers and franchise-type players. So, no, yes, it does matter. You cannot finish below the Pittsburgh Steelers who have rocked out and rolled and rocked and done what they've done with a, a, a Kenny Pickett and a Mitch Trubisky. That is unacceptable. And for once, you got an opportunity to go out there and, and, and prove yourself and do what you need to do in order to just stay with respect. Because it's a lot of dudes like me, you know, they got six Super Bowls. The Ravens have been in multiple Super Bowls. They done won two rings. It's time out for us losing to Andy Dalton in Cincinnati. Then he becomes washed up in Saint, in New Orleans after he's been a journeyman, and he comes and beats us again. They did the same thing with, with, with uh, you know, over in Baltimore. Uh, you know, you, you had Joe Flacco for so many years. Then they got, they was kicking our tail. Then they got uh, Lamar Jackson. He's dominated the Browns. You know, these are these are themes. To get respect, you're going to have to start winning some of these games. And I'm going to tell you what, this could be the beginning and the end. If you go out there, I'm going to tell you this right now. You come out there and get bears by, by the Steelers. The Steelers lost at the end of the year when you ain't got nothing to go for. That's worse than two losses almost because you, you just don't like to see it happen to those guys. Look, it's on the road. And look, I mean, still possibly sweeping the Pittsburgh Steelers would be big. But you got to go into Washington here. Look, Washington's a team with solid defense. Offensively, don't really have much of an identity right now. Um, and look, we don't even know who the quarterback is. And so the question is, is you know, if you have two quarterbacks, you have none, which is certainly the case for the Washington Commanders. But they're t- still a team with the possibility to make the playoffs. Go down there, play hard, play smart, play the way you're capable of. Maybe you play better now because there is no pressure, which sounds sad, but totally could be the case. But it's Deshaun Watson here for the next two weeks. And, I mean, I don't care. You throw it 80 times. It should be all Deshaun Watson all the time. Get him every rep possible. So you can sit down and go through every snap, every throw he made this year, and say, you know what? We don't like this. Or you want to know what? This guy ain't going to cut it. There's an improvement that's going to be needed there. All of this stuff is certainly on the table. Uh, We'll get to a bunch more stuff here this week. Obviously, we cover here the last two weeks of the regular season. I'm assuming Black Monday is going to be a pretty, you know, pretty hot one here uh, for Lockdown Browns with a lot going down that day. So obviously we'll have our eyes and ears all over that. Uh, we appreciate everybody, of course, who makes Lockdown Browns their first listen every day, whether it's on your favorite podcast platform, of course, here on YouTube. And if you do have Roku, go ahead, search Lockdown Cleveland Sports. You will find us. You will find the Guardians podcast, the Cavaliers podcast, G. Bush and the crew over at the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Your host, Garrett Bush at G. Bush 91, Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Always the dog pound, 92.3 The Fan, Saturdays, Saturday mornings. Always other opportunities to catch Garrett over there. Make sure you're following at GBush91. Myself, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Show itself at Lockdown Browns. Follow back account, as everybody knows over there. We appreciate you all so much for being along for the ride. We'll get you 
through another week here. I know everybody's a little sad, a little upset. Uh, way it all folded down and, you know, basically turtling up after a 10 nothing lead against the Saints. We get it. We absolutely 100% get it. I think everybody kind of had the same pit in their stomach Christmas Eve as the food was starting to roll out for dinner. Oh, look, we still <laughs> the food was still fantastic. Who are we kidding? Uh, but, yeah, no, definitely put a damper maybe on the holidays for a little bit for all you Brownies fans, and we get it. All that being said, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go, Browns.